that was extremely, extremely tough for the both of us. And I wasn't in the greatest place. I was pretty depressed and just kind of going through life, trying to see if you can rise to the occasion. I think those are, those are the moments that I really look forward to. Ben, you know, strategically reacts and then puts himself against the number, your number two mixed team, ensuring that they win 3-1. In this week's episode, I sit down with professional player Julian Arnold and his business partner and childhood friend Ryan Cohen to recap his team's MLP Super Finals win, the release of a new paddle, discussing life before pickleball, as well as Julian opening up about the most influential person in his life. What excites me most about talking with professional players is being able to share their story, the story that lives off the court. We see the performer but rarely do we hear from the person. This is the story of Julian Arnold, someone who took his second chance to heart. This is building pickleball. I had to do a lot. I had to do the, the, hair? the morning routine, the shower, wolf down half a sandwich. You're looking decent. The comb over, the part. I'm gonna get some nice Italian food right now. Dude, I saw you, uh, I was driving to go play pickleball and I was driving along South Lamar because no one was at Sark. And then saw you and Lauren walking to somewhere. You guys go to like Uchika or something? We're saying you wanted to catch something on your Was she wearing blue last night? Yeah. Oh, uh, we went to Juliet's. Oh, nice. It was all right. Yeah. It wasn't my favorite to be honest. It's all right. MLP, I mean, MLP is like the best thing to talk about right now because uh, it was like a crazy story. I mean, from my perspective, like filming it, it was like super, super cool. It wouldn't have been a story if you guys just won straight up. But the fact that like there was an anticipation building up, like after you guys, was it quarterfinals against the fives? Yeah. That happened <clears throat> to me. That wasn't the best performance. I was like, and that just happens, right? As a professional athlete, you just have off matches, off days, things like that. And then like the next day, everyone's just kind of sitting and waiting like, what's gonna happen in the championship match against the Pioneers and this, uh, the Fives. And then I was like creepily recording you from like an, a, from a distance, I don't know if you knew, but I was like recording you, just trying to get your reaction. Like once they lost, it was sweet. Cause going into it, everyone's like, dude, Fives have a great singles team. Yeah, because it's a dream breaker. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Fives have a great single team. And then capturing that was like super, super like exciting. And then going into into the Super Finals Championship, maybe I don't have a good pulse on the scene, but I wouldn't necessarily call it an upset. I don't think three and zero was what I was expecting, but I wouldn't say it was like an upset. But uh, yeah, man, go ahead, share your thoughts. Get, give me your thoughts on just like MLP as a whole. Yeah, I mean, it, MLP as a whole, it's super exciting. You know, I I love the team aspect. I love the schedule. Um, I think it makes it very, very easy for spectators to follow their favorite players, their favorite teams, whatever. Make sure they're watching key matchups. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it has a lot a, a lot of things going for it. Things that obviously are easier in that team setting where there's less matches. It's a little harder for um, the PPA to, to do something like that at the moment, but uh, I'm sure as the sport grows, we'll eventually get to that point where maybe we're lengthening how the duration of tournaments and not doing a whole draw in one day, um, but that's to be seen. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, like you said, the the 
main tournament, I guess, ended a little sooner than we wanted, but uh, you know, we ran into a very good team. The fives are the fives are obviously right there. Um, you know, it's those top three teams that really kind of separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Um, so obviously, they have Annalie, who's one of the, if not the best female player to ever play as of now. Um, James, who's very large, dominant player, great hands, um, can play all three events. And, uh, you know, when it comes to the Dream Breaker, and also I think, you know, in general, she's stepped up her, her doubles game. Leia is very, very solid. She's one of the few um, players that in a Dream Breaker can even challenge Annalie, and they're on the same team. I think the only other girl happens to be on our team, um, who's Catherine. Um, and then Hayden, who's been just continuing to get better, you know, um, I get, I was fortunate enough to play with Hayden a lot last year and, uh, I really enjoy playing with the kid. It's like, kind of like a younger brother to me. So, uh, yeah, he's been playing great. Um, yeah. so they have, you know, amazing skills and, uh, you know, that, like you said, that's just sometimes how it goes. You're not playing your best. You're not going to beat a team like that. You know, with us losing there, I thought... I thought the chances of us making the Monday final weren't as good. I didn't really know the math, and then I found out that, oh, they had to actually win the whole thing. I thought they just had to make it to, like, the semis or something. So when that happened, you know, I thought our chances were a little higher, and but it got, I mean, it got about as close as possible. I mean, they lost in a, in a dream breaker to the Pioneers, and, you know, I, like you said also, I think most people would have assumed on paper – that uh, the fives would take a dream breaker, but you know I think MLP has shown that it's not necessarily about having the best singles players. Um, obviously, you want people that if if they don't play singles, you want people that could. Yeah, you know they can go out there for four points. Um, there's an element of pressure for the top singles players to go out there and do what they're supposed to do. Um, and the nature of singles is is that it's a shot making game you know if someone goes out there and just hits a passing shot it doesn't matter how good you are like you're gonna get beat so just because you are the better player on paper doesn't mean you're just gonna go out there and win so i think i think the fives you know with the expectation that they should win felt the pressure a little bit um and the girls on the pioneers really performed well and tyler did tyler did his thing against annalee so um you know i think they took strategy that the fives kind of showed by you know Annalie playing guys in the first two events and saw how like okay well that seems like a strategy to kind of neutralize her um because if you can go 2-2 with your weaker male singles player um or maybe even squeak out a couple three ones that's pretty good and then maybe let one of your girls go against their second male singles player and just hope for the best what did Tyler do against Anna Lee? I don't know exactly, but I uh -oh. think he did fairly well. I think it might have been like maybe 2-2, two, two but then I think he got a 3-1 in there somewhere. Uh -oh. Basically just neutralizing her. I think, you know, I think uh, Megan did pretty good against Hayden and uh, and kind of the same thing with Etta. I think Etta had like a winning... A winning series against Leia and then maybe an, an even series against Leia 
And then obviously Ben Ben did very well against James. I think he went three one in the first the first round and he missed a serve. So like you know, that's enough to create a I think what it was like a ten point margin or something. It started out eight, hot. eight, yeah. eight <laughs> point mark. I think they crept back a little bit when yeah. they got the twenty, but I think it ended up being like twenty one fourteen or something. So at least the Dreambreaker wasn't super close. I would have been I would have been sweating over there. I was already, you know, every other point head down, like freaking out. So it was nerve wracking, man. I'd say even with the point differential, at least from when I look back on the weekend, watching that matchup, I was right next to Zubin and stuff, and I just remember it was so freaking stressful compared to the actual like super final where you know it just there's a lot of like release of pressure i think i saw it across like the whole mad drops team and there's just a lot of excitement that we just got there um and then it was like hey let's show up and see what happens yeah yeah it's more nerve-wracking to watch (laughs) than to actually be out there and and kind of in control of your own destiny um but yeah i'd agree with what ryan said like I felt like my whole goal was like we're just just to get the opportunity to play on Monday. We were in such a good position to do that that I just wanted that that opportunity. Um, you know, you're guaranteed an extra 14k just for showing up on Monday, and then obviously the the payout for winning is is so much more. So the opportunity to to play for the 60k is is huge. Does that incentivize you? Um, I mean, I'd yes. say it, I'd say it also makes you probably a little more, you know, feel the pressure and. Or was it Drew? Drew being there that fired you up. I told no, Drew he I needs just, to show up to every match from now I just, on. I mean, I, it, this is our this is our livelihood. You know, yeah. Most of us are doing this full time, so I don't know who would answer that question and say like, "Oh no, it's not about the money." Like, obviously, we all enjoyed what we're doing, and we're happy that we're this is our line of work. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's a lot of people's like hobby. Um, obviously it's more than a hobby f- for us. We have to take it a little bit more seriously. Our matches are way more stressful than just going out to the, to the park and playing with your friends. And, you know, afterwards it's like, Oh, it doesn't matter if I, you could go, you know, Oh, and six on the day. And it's like, yeah, maybe you're not that happy, but like ultimately you went out and got a good exercise and, and, and played pickleball like, for us, it's like, well, if you go zero and two on a tournament, like, okay, you, you're not making, you're not making money. So yeah, um, yeah. As a pro pro athlete, like, you don't get to play when you want. You have to play when you have to, and it's also like you can't just play impulsively. Like, on looking from the outside, for most people, like coming from a professional sports background, everyone's like, oh, well, you get to do what you love every day. You're like, well, not really, because eventually what you're doing as like what you love becomes like it almost gets to the point where you somewhat hate it and you have to love to hate it because you're going through training you're having to do it like day in and day out you also just have to like watch tape you have to constantly be competing where a lot of people like it's almost like vacation right like we enjoy vacation because we get it in like the times that we want it but as a professional athlete you have to do it repetitively and on a consistent basis so um yeah, I was just curious, like, what else, like, what intrinsically, like, motivates you? Because there is, when I, like, get to film you, like, if for anyone listening that doesn't know, like, I got to film you at Rockwall and I got to film you at San Clemente, like, watching you get fired up, I'm like, this has to be, like, it got me excited. I was like, that reminds me of when I used to fight and just being able to see you do that and, like, like exerting your, like, passion 
and just watching you perform, I was like, oh man, that's got to be the most incredible feeling. And I have to like, I kind of have to like kiss those days goodbye, right? But watching you be able to do it, I'm like, damn, like I miss what that felt like. And being able to see you do that is just like, yeah, it got me like super, super thrilled. Yeah, I mean, I think going back to what you were saying about the enjoyment, I feel like I agree with the sense that like, I mean, I guess it's more like you got to learn how to enjoy it in a different way, you, yeah. you know, like I obviously st you still got to love it. If you, if you don't, then then you lose that drive, but you're loving different aspects of it. You know, you're lo you're loving the competition that those moments like like you just said, where, I, you know, you're on a big stage playing for playing for something that's very important and and trying to see if you can rise to the occasion i think those are those are the moments that i really look forward to my ideal morning starts with being able to go to my closed drawer and find exactly what i want without experiencing analysis paralysis trying to decide what to wear i'm big on optimizing my time and mental space so as far as choosing clothes goes this is one less decision i have to make I've always been a fan of Viore because of how versatile and comfortable the clothes are. They're super, super soft. One shirt can be worn for working from home, playing pickleball, going out to grab dinner, or working out. And that's why I'm proud to announce a new partnership with Viore. They're offering you a discount of 20% off your first purchase. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet by going to viore.com slash building pickleball. That's viori.com slash building pickleball. I'll include the URL in the show description down below. Enjoy the rest of the show. That was great to capture that. It's because like if it just ended with you at um, the quarterfinals against the fives, great. Like this, we know this isn't Julian. Like if you got outright just beat and you, and yeah, you just got beat competitively, that'd be one thing. But to just like see players or athletes just having an off day or an off match or an off performance you're like i want to see that happen a second time you want to see the rematch and it's or like at least your redemption and then this the super finals was that it's like oh this is who we were supposed to see at the fives match um granted not taking anything away from them at all they played great but it was also very clear that you didn't it didn't seem like you you played to your fullest ability. So like like you said, just rising to the occasion, that Super Finals match was the perfect example and story of that. And you like you saw it in full effect. I mean, going three and zero against that team was like incredible. And Julian, what was uh what was your uh, walkout song, and why? Did you have a walkout song? I don't think they didn't end up using it. Oh man, what was it in the past? Uh, what was it supposed to be? <laughs> I, bounce I, back. I picked. I originally thought that they were asking for a song for our whole team. Uh huh. Oh. Uh, so I picked "Bounce Back" by Big Sean because I thought it was fitting for. Yeah. Um, I mean that you know like we wanted the you said we, people maybe wanted to see the rematch and you know we did play the fives, or excuse me, um, uh, the pioneers um, in the group play, and we lost. We lost three one. Um. No, it was controversial. No, yeah, we lost. We lost. We lost three one. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, I felt like we were right in that match. You know, yeah, uh, Thomas and I, you know, we had that men's match. Um, the girls, honestly, 
had a decent chance if they hadn't started. I think they they got down like eight one, and then made it made it a decently close match. Like probably lost like twenty one seventeen or something. So just in the rally scoring, it's tough to get to get down so big and try to make something of it. So I just feel like all of us didn't really come out and and play our best, and then just you know like we we had discussed the last that time and the time before when we lost to them in the semis in Florida, both times we went down 0-2. Mm. And that's pretty much a death sentence against that team because then Ben strategically put – well, I take that back. We If you're down 0-2 and you're not reacting to mix, then your chances of winning are are a couple percentage percents. So uh, – Ben, you know, strategically reacts and then puts himself against the number your number two mixed team, ensuring that they win three one. Um, so that was our we talked we probably talked for like an hour, um, at least before the match on Monday, just discussing like what we wanted to do, what if the, what what happens here, like who do we want to play? You know, there was a lot of a lot of discussion back and forth of whether like, you know, we should do these different strategies and I was pretty adamant about let I want to play straight up. Like oh, the that's so awesome. the the match for us, like I look I look at our team and I feel like our team is built on the fact that every player is very well rounded. We can all we can all play singles. We can all play mixed and doubles. Um, so I just didn't I didn't I didn't think like because Athena was throwing out the ideas of like you know basically kind of sacrificing like oh let's let's try to get you know because I don't think we really thought like the the two zero was like a high percentage. Okay. So we were kind of planning for more of the percentage of like all right. Let's just not go down 0-2. So let's go 1-1, and then what do we do? And, you know, she was really saying, like, maybe, you know, maybe we put um, Thomas and Irina against Ben, and, you know, you and Catherine go play Tyler again, who we beat we who we beat in the in the group stage, and I think we won, like, 21-14 or something. So a team that, a team that we probably sh- should beat more often than not, but at the same time, you just never know with pickleball, like with sport, you just, you just never know. Like yeah. just because you're supposed to win doesn't mean you're gonna, like you still have to go play well. Everyone out here is great players. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, these are such small, small differences between, you know, a team that wins 55% of the time or wins 45% of the time, whatever. So, um, so my, my philosophy was like, let's play straight up. Let's like, I'd rather, I'd rather take, like two bites out of the apple instead of putting all our eggs in one basket kind of thing. Like I believe that I believe that Thomas and Irina can beat Tyler and Megan and I believe that me and Catherine could beat Ben and Etta. And I and I just think that percentage-wise that's that's the way to play. Like Yeah. That's that's how you build an MLP team. You build an MLP team that you feel like every every match you go out there you legitimately have a chance to win. You feel like if you feel like one of your teams just rarely has a chance to win, that's really tough. That puts a lot of pressure on 
on the other players to go like, oh, you got to go out there and win every single one of your matches. And then all of a sudden that pressure creeps in. So Yeah. And if you think that, there's a high likelihood yeah. the other team also thinks that. Oh, I think we all we all are pretty much on the same page. Like mo- most of these players like outside of Andre and Kyle and Simone are all on the PPA. Um we all know each other and even those three players like we know them as well. Like it's yeah. not like we haven't seen them. So uh, everyone knows what everyone's capable of and, and kind of has an idea of what matches should win and what shouldn't. Not to say that that always happens. But. Yeah. What's the, role of, what's the role of team captain like? Like when you said Athena, who's, uh, for anyone listening, that's uh, Catherine's fiancé or girlfriend? Uh, or no, they ma- uh, they got married, married yeah. Okay. Um, it's her wife and, and coach. And yeah, I, I don't know if coach i think she like obviously like you know drills with her and and athena is a is a fairly good player herself Mm -hmm. i think she used to play pro um so i would put her at you know like a low level pro yeah um and uh you know obviously like her manager you know so she's i think overseeing a lot you know she sees stuff and and recommends that i'm just not sure like how much like technical work someone like Catherine's doing or a lot of us really you know it's kind of pickleball's at that stage where there's not a whole lot of coaches that are in a coaching position that Surprising some of us are going to actually work with yeah. um, just because professional play hasn't been around for that long. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyways, she, you know, she's great for having an extra set of eyes. You know, it's basically like having another top player, like, on the sidelines just watching and then – you know, what I love about Athena, especially during the matches, is, like, nothing she says is too, like, direct or, like, you know, it's an absolute. She she always, like, I felt like when we were playing the mix matches or, you know, my men's matches, she would, like, if, if I saw that she wanted to say something, I'd come over and she would always be, she'd always start things off with, like, what do you think about doing this? Like, what do you think, how do you think this would work? Just, like, you know, trying to get the gears turning a little bit, which I always like because I, I like, I like receiving that information without necessarily like feeling like this is something that she really wants me to commit to. It's just like, Hey, maybe this could be a, you know, what do you think about it? And I say, well, you know, I'm not great at that or I, Oh, that would work. Like I do have that shot. Like, you know, those kind of things. So I I really liked the way that she was delivering her advice on the sidelines. Um, Great. Perfect get that it's like an open-ended question rather than a leading like statement and that way it allows you to like conceive thoughts in an open way yeah, yeah. yeah. oh we were talking we were talking about the strat like the strategy yeah. going into into the pioneers match i think we got we got our revenge and and the game plan worked out you know obviously better than expected but <laughs> but like like i was saying i feel like the team the team matched up the well against energy. well against them yeah did, yeah, the pioneers didn't have like their crowd base. Like there's like, I didn't hear anything from that side. I don't know like how that impacts you, but if there's like a crowd of supporters and you know they're rooting for you, yeah. then it's like definitely. Yeah, I, I just like a high energy crowd. You know, I, I mean, yeah. there was even at one point, the, um, who was that? Uh, she's she like works for Vulcan or something, yeah. and she just she's she just called me a basically yeah. like like and wow, it's like I'm sorry I'm like I'm sorry that we're winning, but it's yeah. like. Yeah. I mean, she's also, I, 
she like follows Jay or Tyler around to their matches all the time, and I feel like every time I've played them, she's on the mat on the sidelines, like cheering at the most ridiculous points. Like it, I have no problem people cheering for their favorite players on a great point, but it's like you know, I miss a return or like yeah. a high a high ball that I should have I should have made. Uh, I'm not yeah, not even yeah. not even this. I'm talking yeah. about in general, like. Uh, this one was just she was at, you know reacting out of pure frustration because we were we were winning yeah. you know I think it was a, it was a result that you know most people going into the match would have said you know all right the 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 mad drops girls maybe have a slight edge and then the guys on the pioneers are like a shoe in to win that match and then the mix is you know a toss up I think most people thought if anything. It's gonna to go to a dream breaker or pioneers yeah. probably win three one. That that would be the percentage if you were gonna take a poll. Um, God, I wish betting was around. Yeah, yeah, the, odds the would bets have been, would have been, odds would have been amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, three three O's ridiculous. So yeah, as as a fan, MLP, um, it's the coolest event I've had the experience to go a few times. And that venue is that was my favorite that's, venue. That's, that's, one, that's probably sports. one of uh, yeah. I'd say even like. Most of us, it's our it's our favorite PPA venue. Damn. Um, which is surprising because it's not like it's a huge venue or anything. It's just, you know, San Clemente is a gorgeous area in, in California. Um, that center court is is very cool and uh, no bad seat. Which I mean, I've as a fan, true. I've I've been to some other MLPs and other events, and if you're not on the VIP or court side you might have a hard time going to the bathroom or getting a drink and coming back and, and feeling that you didn't miss any action. But with this venue, I'd run to the bathroom and then I could kind of like stand up at the top of the steps and just like watch a point or two and then go down to my seat. But I just, everyone had such a great view from every angle, which is not the normal experience for- Like the rolling mountains in the backdrop yeah. and like during y'all's super finals match, the sun was setting. I was like, this is like incredible. like. I hope they're capturing this like to the fullest extent. Yeah, yeah it's it. Yeah, California obviously has a lot of pluses. Um, playing there to me is one of the best environments too, because I feel like the ball, the ball feels like its truest compared oh. to playing in like altitude or playing. You know, for instance, here in in Austin right now, when it's a hundred degrees every day, um, <laughs> so bad. You know, even a even a dura feels like a you know piece of play doh. You know, in California, the ball feels the ball feels the way it's supposed to. It it plays That's it plays very consistently. Um, you know, you might have to deal with wind, but I think wind is something that I would rather deal with the wind than like horribly muggy conditions or like super super cold like high altitude can't feel the ball um i think it's even more important with these plastic balls because there's just not a lot of feel yeah to begin with um so yeah hopefully someone's out there making a better ball yeah because <laughs> i'm tired of the dura to be honest like it's just so inconsistent and and a color that i can see because faded yellow against white paddles is just horrendous, or white background anything. It's like uh, even the screen, like during the yep. during that last mix match, the screen was bugging out, and then it turn it would turn on, and like it's at max brightness, and I'm like, <laughs> there was a couple points in there I was like, I literally like thank. 
thank goodness they kept the ball on Catherine for most of it, and I just kind of like snuck in for one because I'm like, it's like a blur right now. I can't. I'm looking over Ben's shoulder, and it's just like this. It's like I'm staring into like a TV screen. So. Yeah, they had the screensaver at one point. Oh, just, um, and I, I was like, like, I get, I get that know. they need to do the sponsorships and stuff, but at that point, it just looks so bad. And it was glitching. fiddling, fiddling also. with it yeah. while it's on TV. Like, just yeah. keep it black. If we need to go to another like commercial timeout and you want two minutes to fiddle with it, great. But at that point, I just I think it just looks bad when you're like got this stuff just glitching in the background. You got like a corner of like a you know Apple window and like yeah. <laughs> just like didn't look good. Yeah, unless there's like unless it's a Volare ad, just shut that thing off. <laughs> right. Movie does it add or uh, Evan just like kind of like wiggling, dancing across the screen. No, yeah, that was Blair actually planned that. We actually unplugged all the screens um, because we're not an official sponsor. <laughs> I'm just That'd joking. Ho- hopefully next year we'll be an official sponsor of the MLP. That's that's the hopes right I mean, now. One time MVP, won Mesa, won the super, first super, inaugural Super Finals. Like, what what more do you need to sell? They should have done. I don't think they did an MVP for the no, final. No, no MVP. Probably yeah, two, didn't. Two, you know, just well, one also, match. It didn't really make sense. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. it would be like finals MVP. You or Catherine because you both played two matches. Like that's yeah. how few pickle, oh. how little pickleball was act, you know actually played in that in one match. Yeah, if you go three zero. Yeah, I don't know how many people know this, but Ryan was like my second guest on the podcast. And you can go back and listen to it because Ryan would love for you to listen to it. Worst interview um, ever. Yeah. But you guys have known each other. Ryan has showed me photos of you guys back in like, it looks like high school, maybe even before. Ryan had a chin strap. It was very cool. Oh, he was yeah. wearing like a NBA jersey. Julian looked like no facial hair. Looked, looked like a little kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what photo I'm talking about? Where we'll have the same You're like hat. scuba diving like, or something. Is this the one with me, you, Turbo, and Shane? There was, I, that I showed that one's one that one's high school. Like, yeah, those are all for our relay. And if we're wearing helmets, that was in Italy, which was only five years ago. So there was oh, so that wow. one was not that, that was long. five was four, years ago. Four years ago. Four yeah. years ago. That was only four years ago. Damn. So, okay. That was not too long ago. Yeah. Um, you guys have been homies for a while, and like yeah. you've mentioned in the uh, previous interviews, that Ryan was one of the people who gave you a little nudge towards pickleball. You're also co-founders of Volaire. Like, Ryan, from your perspective, what was it like to see? Kind of, like, going through that entire event, right? Like, watching Julian. We had both talked about, like, mm-hmm. damn, that quarterfinals match, he just didn't show up. That just that wasn't him, right? Yeah. And we both, like, a lot of people knew that. And then you got to see him, like, rise to the occasion for Super Finals. What's that like to watch your buddy? Not only just – it's not like it was a one-off, right? Like, you won Mesa. People were probably like, cool, he did it once. He got MVP. Maybe they're like, oh, that's it. And – yeah, for like a two years now, you're like they played not. A, they they also there was a lot of talks about the you know oh we played with a Franklin ball that helped them out a lot. So <laughs> Ryan has said numerous times that it's not like I mean I like don't get me hand. wrong I, I I like the Franklin like really? I used to I used to hate on it because it doesn't it doesn't spin as much uh, it doesn't grab as well but it also doesn't crack it doesn't you know go egg like yeah. oblong so. Uh, you know, I I appreciate certain things about and and it's fluorescent. Like uh, ma- that makes such a big yeah. difference. Like that ball is so much easier to see, and it's not even a great fluorescent. Like it could be, I think the the fluorescent Dura is actually better. The Franklin's kind of like a faded, faded neon. 
Yeah. Um, so any ball developers or designers? We have a ball. We have a Valera ball. It's actually pretty good. We just we're focused on paddles, so we're not going to try to be a ball sponsor anytime soon. And and for Julian, there's no reason for him to, you know, he should be only playing with the tournament ball because that's only going to get him ready for success. So, um, you know, I I do think there are a lot of other balls out there, and development is happening. Um, you know, well, but it all depends on you know for the PPA or MLP, which is what Julian's playing is, you know, what is the tournament ball? So, um, going balls being, deep on balls, right? Yeah. Now. Being, being dialed in on that tournament balls. I mean, you'll never see Julian say, here's a Valera ball. Like I play with it every day. Cause that's not true. Like <laughs> unless it's a tournament ball, it's, he's not going to play with it. He shouldn't play with it. I don't even like to play with, um, I don't even like to play with the, with the fluorescent Dura. Cause it, it actually plays significantly different than the yellow one. So. Damn. I do see. I see a lot of people who are like, "Oh yeah, we play with Duras," and they pull out, you know, the fluorescent one. It's like, well, that's actually quite a bit softer than the yellow one that you would play a tournament, a PPA tournament with. So if you are even, you know, if you are an amateur player who plays, um, plays tournaments, I would highly recommend, you know, using the exact ball that uh, that the PPA uses. So. I agree with that. No matter how expensive they are. Or how quickly they break. Yeah. Yep. That's a huge problem. Um great for Onyx. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, they also make the Z five um most popular <laughs> paddle on Amazon. Uh, I am a former Z five customer. So um thank you so much for helping me. Dude, new Pipo got me. Oh yeah, that was my first paddle. Is that how you say it? New Pipo? I've new never people? said it right. Uh, new Pipo? New Pipo? I have no idea. Yo, what was up with that Instagram post? I used to love that Frank Anthony Davis. Commercial. <laughs> <laughs> they don't play anymore, right? No, I think he plays a Gearbox. So okay. Oh, he switched. That, Damn, that, that back probably, overhead. They probably had him yeah. tied in that thing for a, a minute. Um, did you uh, see Viv that Instagram play, post? Viv used to play with the paddle too. I have no Would, idea who plays with it anymore. Maybe, maybe um, Jack know. Foster. Yeah, I think Jack. I think Jack uses it unless he switched. But hopefully that, the government. I haven't seen him in a little bit. So they posted there. an Instagram post with like Ben Johns using the new Pipo. When it's I hilarious. thought, like, I saw, I saw, I saw the photo. I thought that they were making fun of him by photoshopping that in. I think, yeah. Okay. Pro- maybe he was. I think it was a photo where he was Woo. using a Franklin. Because if if I remember correctly, I could be wrong. But in the picture, his shirt or definitely hat says his Franklin, Franklin days. So yeah. that's where um, I think they're just making fun of him. Um, but hey, if anyone actually felt the paddle that Julian just won the super final with, whip that thing up. Well, I mean, he actually that wait, one's not it, but no, no, that's not the exact one. That's the model. He, yeah, he. So this is what you know, our new power paddle that's coming out right now. Here, I'll, I'll show it to you. This there is the Forza right here. And so Julian was playing with this in a 16 millimeter for about a month and a half, two months, four PPA tournaments, and. Um, you know, made a last second switch back to a 14 millimeter of our non thermoform paddle, the Mach 1. Um, you know, which to most players is like a pretty wild thing to think, hey, I'm going to switch morning of for, you know, a big tournament. But at least from my view, I know that Julian was not the happiest with his results in the last couple months. And maybe it was a little mental, maybe it was a little bit of touch, but him switching back, he had the best you know really controlled dinks and drop shots by going back to the soft paddle dude if it ain't broke don't fix it especially in an event where the stakes are super high yeah you just stick with what that's like the biggest the biggest like factor that could determine 
there's like nothing else really right I mean, that, that I, you have control it's over. Like, yeah. <clears throat> it's like uh I kinda almost like feel like it's the closest thing is like a Formula One driver in their car. Yeah. Like you can be an amazing driver. But if the car isn't performing and reacting and and doing the things that you want, you're not gonna win. So. And and your confidence in the tool. And then I think yeah, that's, but that's then, but then too, it, yeah. It, it it goes hand in hand. Yeah. Then you don't have the confidence to to hit shots or or drive the way you want, whatever. Yeah. So whether it's like a hundred percent true or not, like I think I still think that the Forza is a, a a fantastic paddle. It's just. For me, I felt like it was too poppy. I was oh. getting a little too much power, which I don't think will be the case for most people. Um, Not for Emily Ackerman. <laughs> I think it's a. I yeah. think I do think it's a fantastic paddle for for girls. It, yeah. It's it's great because you know their swing speed isn't quite as high, and then it meshes really well with the amount of power that that paddle is going to deliver at that swing speed. Um, and there's now. like there's I mean there's a ton of things about it that I loved like it felt it felt really good on the serve and return like my returns were coming off like darts oh yeah um which kind of at times brought in a different problem where like I was no longer fast enough to get to the kitchen before my player my opponent was hitting the ball so there's there's like these kind of things to think about. Like everyone's so oh, the good. delay that you're not creating for yourself at the same time. Right, the yeah. ball is coming off my paddle, and I'm only able to get to like two feet behind the kitchen line instead of being able to get to the kitchen line. And yeah, maybe the passing shot is a little bit harder for them, but the space is so much bigger because I'm not you know six five. Yeah. Um, so that was creating its own issue. Um, feels really good in mix where I can, you know, be very aggressive and, and just kind of rip a lot of high balls. Felt great in hands battles. But then once again, I felt like in men's, particularly in men's, my defense was suffering a little bit because the guys hit the ball so hard. So it had, you know, it's, I, I can't physically hit the ball any softer. So yeah. I think that's I think that's where you're you're seeing it across the across the board with these thermoform paddles that um, guys that are Some switching trade-offs. guys yeah, yeah exactly guys that are switching to it maybe uh, on certain balls their defense won't be as good as as if they had you know their their softer previous paddle. So there are there are trade offs. I think every paddle has some obviously pros and cons. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, but it's just all depending on what you're looking for and what your game style is, you know. If you feel like you're a very aggressive player and and aren't resetting a lot of balls, I think the force is great. I mean, you like to drive and crash and, and rip hands battles, That that's the paddle for you for sure. Yeah. And then on the opposite side, which you guys have played with me, I never drive the ball. Everything I do is a third shot drop, super soft and – at least when I play with the Forza, I feel like I don't even have to play pickleball anymore. I just kind of hold the paddle out there, and it just does. Yeah, the I guess rest. I was gonna say if, you, <laughs> like, if, if you're tech, if you're tech, and this is why I feel like in the amateur game, these thermoform paddles have become so popular because at a four O level, like you're no one's hitting the ball as hard as you know. I'm not dealing with James Ignatowicz ripping an overhead at me. Yeah, which with this paddle, like I just don't have it any chance of resetting in the kitchen. I can do other things like throw up a lob again, but that's, it's, 
it that's just tough with the percentages and are obviously in his favor hitting overheads. So um at Ryan's level, it's great. Yeah. Like no one's hitting the ball that hard. You just get a paddle on it. The paddle does a lot for you. Or like maybe he doesn't have the best technique. You know, he's a little bit Push. a little bit from the elbow. When are you gonna help him out with that, man? Everyone asked. <laughs> my, no, my Dude, my answer is I'd, I'd rather I'd rather help him be it's the hard. best. It's hard. I, don't, I don't want. I don't have him a, to waste I, the time. I don't have a lot of. I don't have a lot of extra time. Yeah. While, and while I'm here, you know, I like to. It's kind of relax. To fix my shit too. I've. I was gonna say I've. <laughs> I've given him some pointers, but Ryan's also not. He's not the easiest to coach. I'm not trying to go pro. <laughs> not like. There. Not like he's hard. It's not yeah. like he doesn't listen. It's just that the bad habits have ingrained themselves a decent amount. So <laughs> that's I guess a little tidbit for anyone who's out there trying to Penny. learn how to play pickleball is learn how to do it correctly Le- before learn the, you learn the techniques i have um tennis elbow sometimes <laughs> you know i got some wrist injuries you know i also don't really stretch or or, or work out i just kind of run out there and play pickleball until i get hurt all of it what about how, how about what we worked on remember, remember our lesson drives dude those yeah, drives have been yeah dialed yep i can't even remember what we worked on but but also just like your detail about uh, wrist manipulation. You're like, dude, even just like the slightest movement changes the direction of the paddle and then the paddle, the ball, the way the ball hits it, that. But also like... Oh, the, you were too wristy. Yeah. Transferring weight too was like another thing. Weight transfer during drives. Um, yeah. I mean, you get to... Move, the, the, the movements closer to the paddle obviously have a greater effect. So like doing this, like look how... If I'm hitting dinks like this... Look how drastically different the paddle face changes, right? It's like the paddle's just an extension of your hand. But if I do that, like now I got the paddle face actually going in the direction that I want to hit for longer. So it gives you gives you a bigger window to hit a ball. Yeah. Maximizing that contact window. That uh that one on one was like, oh, I'm not just a fan of like who he is on the court. But also like off the work because like my jujitsu coach was very like technical, very like cerebral. He's he wasn't just telling you what he heard from other people. It was like, oh, you know, that just comes from personal experience. He's also like just like uh, taking that from like a technical aspect. And then once you did that, I was like, oh, because I've done one on ones with other pros. They were great. But it's also just like, hey, do this movement rather than what are the mechanics that someone should know and like, what is the end, like, goal for what you're trying to do as far as, like, the whatever, well, I like, think, challenge? I think explaining, explaining like, why yeah. is huge. Yeah, you have a lot of coaching experience, so. Yeah, I mean, coaching tennis. coaching tennis for almost a decade definitely helps. But, that, I mean, that's how my coach was when I was growing up. Um, you know, sometimes I think I talk too much, but I'd rather give more information than less. And, you know, if someone tells me, like, or I, you know, learn – that a certain client maybe doesn't retain that much information, you know, then I give it to them in bits. But I think it's important for the brain to understand like why, why we're doing something instead of just like, Oh, I do, I do this because I was told to do it. Cause maybe in a certain, in a certain moment, yeah, you're not able to adjust on the fly. Like every ball is different. So like, yeah, I might tell you to do this, but then maybe the ball is like slightly behind you. So like, your wrist angle is going to have to be in a different, you know, whatever. There's a million different examples, but it's a tool to be able to like solve the problem on your own, right? Right. Because if you just give someone like a blanket statement of how to do something like or a drill, then it's like, well, 
how does how can I how can I tailor this to this this specific context? And you were able to give that, and you're like giving whoever you're teaching the tool to be able to like learn whatever that analogy about give a man a fish. But yeah, well, if, I mean, if you don't if you don't if you don't give him the why, I think you end up with a you end up with a student who's the one who's always asking like, what should I have done there? Like, yeah. what? Why did that go? Why did I miss that? Like. Once you become able to, after a mistake, reflect on it and say, I missed it because of this, that's when you're going to really see improvement in your game. Yeah. Because now you, every, every shot you're improving on, like you, every single mistake is just an opportunity to adjust versus going out there and like just drilling something that your coach said, but you have no idea like why I'm doing it or why it works sometimes and then other times it doesn't work. Yeah. So. And back to your point about how pickleball doesn't have a lot of coaches right now, which it, it's like so odd for me because like in previous sports it's, or in a lot of sports, it's very, it's very, very common. But because people don't have coaches, you're equipping them with knowledge that they can use to self-assess. Like a lot of people at this point are just learning on their own in pickleball. Um, so being able to give them that tool is definitely helpful. Yeah, no, I don't think anyone's had you guys in the same room. So like, what is y'all's, what were you guys doing? Like, actually like four or three years ago, I remember Julian, you were talking, I think to Braden in Pickleball Effect. And you were talking about like, right before you got into Pickleball, you had um, some personal things coming up. If you don't feel like disclosing them, we can just cut this part out. But if you know, you're open to disclosing it and kind of sharing a little bit more of your story before getting into pickleball um yeah um yeah i mean i was just back where we're originally from san luis obispo um i had been teaching tennis there for uh oh 10 years yeah about 10 years um and uh yeah i mean i had just turned i had just turned 30 um recently single after a pretty long relationship. Um, and then my mom and I, um, we ended up losing our golden retriever to leukemia at, uh, nine years old. So, and you know, she had been extremely healthy until it happened and it happened pretty quick. It was probably a four and a four month, four and a half month process. Um, so that was really tough. You know, um, Izzy was like an amazing dog, like super well behaved. I took her to all my lessons. Um, she was my dog for f like four and a pretty much half of the time. And then I ended up moving. I had to move and I couldn't find any places that would allow dogs. So I ended up giving, I kind of moved in with my mom while I was trying to find a place for about six months and my mom like just fell in love with the dog so uh and who wouldn't she perfectly trained golden um so i ended up giving it to her and you know it was like her second child but uh but yeah that was that was extremely extremely tough for the both of us and i wasn't in the greatest place i was pretty depressed and just kind of going through life doing not not doing a lot, you know, like obviously I was teaching tennis, but wasn't really building a future. 
Um, so I had, I had, I did have some tennis, some of my tennis clients, um, one more than, than the others, but, you know, uh, really pushed me to try to play pickleball. And then obviously Ryan had come home at, at some point. Um, went to a Ben John's pickleball getaway, <laughs> shout out, you know, you know, got to meet all the top pros and just kept calling Julian and saying, Hey, I know you could be the best at the sport. And, uh, just based on what I knew from his tennis way back in the day. So that was, uh, took a few months of me reaching out and, and then I, I forced him to play with my girlfriend and my dad, which, you know, was not competition at all. But I can't uh, remember if I had been, you played a lot. I think I'd been, I think I had started, yeah. I think I started like, you, you played a few times. First time then. picking up the paddle was probably around like end of March 2021. Yeah, but you were and and you were. And I was playing like I was playing like once a week. Yeah, you're uh, you're you're barely I mean, playing. playing once a week. I started with a Gearbox GX five, the green one. No, it was red. Oh, I had the it green. It was a one. short. It was a short one. Short red. I was drawn to the fact that it had no edge guard. He just kept telling me in my mind. I was like, man, I thought if it's a if it's gonna hit near the edge guard, it's a pretty bad shot. So you shouldn't be too excited. I no, I just I just kind of <laughs> liked it like didn't have an edge guard i was you know obviously used to a slightly bigger head so i figured if it hits out there like but it's similar to i guess hitting the frame in a tennis racket um so yeah i was playing like once a week and out in pismo um and uh slowly slowly started enjoying it a little bit more then i got a better paddle i switched to the to the franklin um ben john because i was like yeah i mean you 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 kind of like look at like the best players in the world and you're like oh what's he playing with like yeah well, it must be a good paddle um crazy how much has changed since then then i realized how quickly the grit wore out we, which bought, we bought a lot of those yeah, <laughs> yeah. um like, yeah were you like when you played to tennis and then you were was there like a chance that you were going to be at a competitive level at the pro scene um I think my my career ended a little too soon to really say. Uh, I think I think there's definitely I think like based I, I wouldn't have made money but, professionally, but yeah. uh, you know based on like what and this is kind of speculating, but you know based on where I got to and you know some of my playing partners that I grew up with and where. They ended up professionally. I think I could have probably f maybe gotten around 500, maybe, maybe like 500, 600 for sure. Um, I grew up with a guy who ended up being an All-American at Cal Poly, and he was definitely a better tennis player than me. But, um, you know, I, I was competitive with him, and he ended up being around, I think he got to just under 300 which is an amazing accomplishment um so you know for someone for some of these guys you know like people are seeing jack saw come in who's been top 10 in the world like uh obviously that's a an amazing accomplishment in itself like way more impressive than anything that any of us pickleball players have done yeah um but it does mean that like you know if he if he gave pickleball a legitimate shot, he would obviously be a, you know, force out there. I think, I think yeah. tennis, obviously there's a bigger court. There's a lot, 
there's a lot more going on that allows you to like distinguish yourself as like you know he's obviously that that level of tennis player compared to the rest of us yeah and, but in pickleball i think that the playing field would be a little bit more even um, gotcha. just because of the size of the court and just the nature nature of the game yeah i just asked that because i didn't know if that was something that like may have contributed to where you were at the time of your life and just kind of like being depressed i know you mentioned your dog um but also didn't know if that also had an impact of like you had high dreams, high aspirations, and then you go from that dream not being able to happen and come to fruition to then moving into like. Well, I think I do think like this whole pickleball journey has just been a second opportunity for me. That's like, awesome. If that's kind of what you're getting at. Like, yeah, I mean, yep. I after I graduated high school, like. I was recruited to play at UCLA. I was on the team for just under like two years, um, but I never actually had the opportunity to, to compete. I kind of I ruined that chance myself. So you okay. know, I had freshman year. I could have played doubles, decided the red shirt because I wanted to play both and not waste a year of el eligibility, um, which kind of ended up being a mistake because. Um, I ended up I ended up wasting that opportunity. Um, you know, being young, new experience. Uh, I mean, I, I knew you had you know since we were young, and you know, from my view, like I think you were so good, like from our town being like he was like our star athlete in San Luis Obispo, you know, really small town, and you know, I think everyone else wanted it more for you than you wanted it yourself at certain points is like kind of what I saw, you know, I, obviously this is just my view, but, um, you know, I, I know that you loved tennis and enjoyed competing, but I don't know. I just don't think that that was like, I know his goals, you're like, Hey, I want to go to college. I want to do this. And, and when you hit those goals, I, I think there was other things in life that you, you know, you were prioritizing or, you know, giving more effort to. And, um, I guess not, you know, looking back, it's like I think everything that happened built this second opportunity where you have the drive, you have, you know, you know, you want to be the best, and um, you know, that second opportunity is like, hey, this it's now or never. You know, and you couldn't get this without what happened prior. I think right? so. Like I've, yeah, I've definitely experienced that. Like I, I wouldn't agree. I think I just, I've always had the drive. You know. Obviously, I, like we we came from a small town, so I was, but we had we had a few very very talented players. Yeah. You know, the other guy that I mentioned, Andre, he's he's you know to be an All American is no joke. Mm. Um, I think I was always driven. I mean, I'd go down to play these tournaments in SoCal with all these other great players, um, and I was always a top ranked junior player. So. Um, it's not that I, it's not that I don't think I was driven. I do think you know, I checked a box when I when I got recruited and got to school. I was like, wow, okay, like that was the goal. Like yeah. the goal was to go and be able to because I, for me to go to college, like I don't come from a lot of money. It wouldn't my mom couldn't pay for me to go to college, but with scholarship, all uh, you know everything was achievable. I was able to go to a great school. Yeah. Um, but when I got there, I do feel like, you know, I, I was, 
I was probably around nine or ten on the roster, you know, six play. So, and we had guys on our team that were 27, 28 years old that, uh, you know, foreigners that just put college off or, you know, a couple of Israeli guys that have to do military service. And then, you know, then they start their college careers later. So to me, like, I remember I, I remember as a freshman thinking like, like how, like, and I was just this, you know, scrawny little 18 year old kid. It's like, how am I going to, com- how do I compete with like those guys? Like, yeah. like I can compete with the middle of the pack, but like these guys that are in the top six are like a whole nother level. Like, how do I, I feel like I did lose a little bit of that belief instead of like having, you know, a more mature thought process of saying like, well, you know, if I train and get in the gym and get stronger and mature, I'll be just like them. Right. Uh, Which was totally achievable. So um, that's where I feel like I missed my opportunity. And then, you know, I kind of slipped into like partying way too much and just had a whole level of freedom where I wasn't, I wasn't around my, uh, you know, my family as much. Um, Be around the people you need to be around. Yeah, it's the support group that, you know, kept me on track. Um, So, you know, there was a little bit of that, like, breaking out of the shell. And, you know, I I wouldn't, you know, some of those those memories I wouldn't trade. Obviously, I wouldn't trade, you know, meeting all the guys that I, all my buddies from college. And, you know, I had obviously a great time, but I wish I had done some things differently. And then, um, you know, I was kind of getting things back on track, and I ended up having a... Um, I ended up having like a bad injury, which railroaded me a little bit more. Um, and then at that point it was just like, I think this, this ship has sailed a little bit. That didn't work out, but thankfully, you know, I have pickleball in my life cause I am, I think, you know, when you watch me play, you can see like, I think I was meant to be competing at something like that is, right, dude, that sport. is where I thrive. Like in that, in that moment of tight competition dude the sport is incredibly lucky to have you and i wouldn't say you're necessarily a heel to a degree there's definitely some other people who play the role a little bit better but you do bring something aside from the technical aspect and the way you play of course extremely exciting just your personality is something that the sport is definitely missing there's other people doing something similar right like hayden is good at that i don't think jeff warnick really plays as much anymore but he's also got personality it's also like why i want to get you on here it's, it's like we see the person on the court it's very simple to make some some assumptions and here's other podcasts that have you've been on that have been like wow this helped me see the other side of julian it's like wow i actually like this guy like i had doug from bread and butter hit me up and it was just like dude i watched one of julian's podcasts i just thought he was like a like this aggressive aggro dude and then I like saw him on a podcast. And I didn't realize he's just this chill, like California got this like, kind of chill vibe and it's like a great player. Um, so it's cool to like see this other side. And yeah, again, the sports super grateful for the both of you, like bringing into this, this product, you have like rising stars that you're bringing on. Um, and you guys have like cool plans, but man, like you won MVP for a reason, right? Like your standout person, just personality wise as an athlete, professional athlete. So it's, great to see you get the second opportunity and not waste it there's tons of people who do that and it's unfortunate to see and to see you like go through it and also you met lauren through pickleball right 
yeah, I met her at uh, my first tournament ever, actually, which was before Ryan really got involved. So I played two tournaments on my own, and one of them was San, San Clemente, PPA San Clemente. So uh, Something about that venue, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, just happened to be the closest tournament that I could the, find. And... Only, yeah, I was driving from San Luis Obispo. He wasn't looking outside of state to be here. No, I played. <laughs> I play, I remember I wasn't in, you know, I obviously hadn't been doing anything other than like for like the level of fitness that we need to be at, you know, me just giving hitting lessons and, and, you know, normal teaching lessons where I'm at a basket. I was not in, I was not in great shape. So I went and played, I went and played Thursday singles. I drove down, I played pro singles. Um, I remember, I remember I was playing some guy who I think played at like Redlands, which I think might be D1. I'm not sure what, anyways, it's just like, you know, average tennis school or something like that. And I lost the first set and I was like talking to myself, you know, like I do. And I was like, is this really like what? you came down to do is to go and lose like first round to to like like I wanted to lose if I was going to lose I wanted to lose to someone like that I had seen yeah play so I thankfully turned that one around and ended up I think winning the next two sets favorably I think and then I played Deckel who was still playing singles at the time and I had never seen anyone hit the ball so hard. Like he came back right after, and he was like, "I don't even know how to return. I can't even get that practice in here in our town." No, there was no, was there no was no to... preparation. Like yeah. I don't think there's many. There's you know, there's very few professionals that you can. Thankfully, I I, I get to practice with Deckel a little bit now. So yeah, a decent amount. So I've gotten used to that. But at the time, I was like, "Oh my goodness, the guy's just blasting balls!" Like, and then, you know, I. I still can't let balls go. Like back then I was hitting everything. Like he would hit passing shots that I'm sure would go, they would probably would have gone three feet out. And I'm like trying to like hit him behind my head. And like he annihilated me like one and one or one and two or something. So lost and then grind. I think I grinded like three more, three more wins. I had a very memorable match against one of the, uh, I think their last name is the Aranis, the Aranis brothers. I don't think they, they were trying to play pro. I don't think they play pro anymore. Gotcha. Um, and I think they were here in Austin. They're right at Austin. Oh, shout out to they the Ronis like, brothers. I think they. I think they were doing some teaching and stuff like that. So uh, okay. Um, but I had a pretty memorable match with I think the younger brother. Um, just a funny story that I can still tell to people every now and then. But uh, but yeah, I remember driving after the tournament. I drove back home. I was gonna play. I I had mixed five zero with this lady Stacy Zelensky from my area. Um, who was like? I think she's trying to play senior pro now. At the time, uh, she was she was forty nine. Shout out Stacy. Yeah. So uh, so Stacy's one of the first first people that I played pickleball with, and definitely one of the better better ladies and players in in San Luis Obispo. That's awesome. Um, but anyways, I think you know I think at the time I probably would have said that she was like a four or five. Um, so we played five zero mixed on sunday i drove back on thursday i have a stick shift uh which was brutal because i was like going through la traffic i'm like probably i'm like dying <laughs> uh i'm dying yeah and then i drove i drove with them thankfully um i think we drove down saturday night and played 
Sunday, I was covering a lot of the court, work working pretty hard, and by by the end, you know, by the end of the day, I think we won like three matches, and then oh, we damn. played. And it's a, it's kind of small, waters. small. No, no, that, that was a different. One. That's a different tournament. Then we played uh, Maggie Brasha. Oh, okay. And this guy Nick Garza. Um, we lost to them. And then, uh, and then right after that, I, in the back draw, we played Hayden and Mary Brasha. So it was kind of funny to play, you know, obviously three names that most pickleball fans know at this point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, another small, small world event, but, uh, yeah, that was, that was fun for, for, and then, and then I hung around a little bit. I decided, you know, show face a little bit and sit down and try to talk to some pros. I actually sat down to next to Pat Smith and was talking to him a little bit. And that just happened to be who Lauren was playing mixed with at the time. So she ended up at some point coming down and sitting down. And I think we just got talking to talking about like where we're from. She's from Santa Barbara. So oh, you know, okay. Then, Santa Barbara's awesome. Yeah. So that's super that's, close to our hometown. That's oh yeah, yeah. it's ninety miles further south than San Luis Obispo. So, you know, she knew obviously where that was and struck up a conversation and then uh somehow I ended up getting to train with her a little bit and things went from there. It's cool. It's yeah. cool to see, man. I remember at the one event, I think you were playing with Jesse Irvin and Lauren was on the other side, other side of the net and you guys were playing I think it was the indoor uh That was venue. North Carolina l last year. Yeah. That was a bronze medal match. She was playing with Tyson. she was playing with Tyson. It was awesome to see because I don't think I've seen it yet, but you guys played your regular selves, and then at the end of the match, you guys like hugged across the net. And I thought it was like a very wholesome moment because it's tough. You have to be competitive, but you're also in a relationship with this person. And um, and then there's that event that happened, and another event where you and Lauren, I think, My won. My stomach's growling. <laughs> <laughs> I only ate half Mike, of the sandwich. Did the mic pick that up? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I ate half a sandwich before I got here, oh. but I guess I should have eaten the whole thing. <laughs> um, you, Lauren, and then Lauren gave a shout-out to, like, you guys' relationship and be, having, like, a mental coach or, like, a, I don't know if it's, like, a uh, relationship therapist, mental coach, but it's cool. It's great to see. And I filming you just over the past two events is being able to see, like, when you're not playing, you're pretty much. I can't tell if it's the phone vibrating or your no, stomach. No, it's my stomach. stomach. <laughs> it's talking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just awesome to see that part because when you're not playing, you're pretty much watching her or you're like talking to her. Um, I don't really see that that often out there. But something that you did say was that resonated with me was after you lost your matches, like after the mixed one, and you like stuck around. That was probably like the hardest thing as a professional athlete is like anytime a loss, I lost, you had to stay around and you had to like talk to, you had to like converse a little bit. You could go home after that and cry yourself to sleep, but you have to stick around and you have to like put on this face and you have to talk to people and it's tough. And I, yeah, I even captured some of that on the camera. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't even want to be around this guy right now. Because, like, I know what that feels like. And the last thing he wants is a camera in his face. Um, this is in Dallas? Yeah, Rockwall. And even, like, MLP, I was like, just keep your distance. Just yeah. Keep your I distance. mean, it's, it's definitely. That's why, they, that's why cameras have zooms, right? Yeah. yeah. That's definitely definitely a balancing act. And 
you know, you're an emotional player. So when you, you know, it doesn't go right, you definitely get frustrated. And sometimes it takes a little time to cool down. And, you know, that's, I think the cool thing about watching join is you get to watch someone be human. You know, you don't, you're not holding all anything the, back. All the other players, they're robots, you know, and not everyone, but they're a little more robotic where, you know, some of them are so skilled where um, they don't, I feel, need to go to that fifth gear. Um, and, and Julian looks like he's always playing in fifth gear, you know, which. Hey, J-Dub broke a paddle at MLP. He's, wow. he's, he's no. human too. Yeah. Did he? And uh, Tardio was talking crap. Yeah, Tario's Tario's hilarious. Tario's <laughs> crap out there. So no, the so bol- over, overall, the Bolivian gangster. Like, yeah, so it's like you know watching Julian. It's like you know, I, you know, I've known you so long. It's people ask me, oh, did you talk to Julian? I'll be like, no, oh, I'm gonna wait for him to reach out to me. You know, I'll kind of just give him his day. You know, I, I'm not a professional. I'm not gonna tell him on the court what he did right or wrong. I'm just gonna be like, ah. You're gonna lose some, you know. Yeah, you'll hope- just get the DMs from other people telling oh, you what Julian dude, needs to yeah, work on. I, I told you. Oh yeah, I had, I had some guy. Um, by the way, everyone that reaches out for support, um, thank you for the support. But I will never tell Julian what to do on the court. Um, even if I have my own thoughts, I don't tell him what to do on the court. The only thing I ever tried to tell you is, you know, get your energy going because I I think that's in the end what can to love my paddle yeah to, oh yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah and to and to tell people you love Show your it. paddle Show you know it. like because uh, it is your paddle you made so um, I sleep with the MLP one under my pillow that's yeah, how much I love it and that one's smooth by the way Ryan sleeps with the check oh I got the big check at my house I'm excited um, yeah no pickleball has been fun it's uh, you know not that you asked a question about it but uh, it's a uh, it's awesome for me to be able to blend business, which I love, and then pickleball, which is, you know, my new passion. And I was watching the pros on YouTube before Julian even picked up a paddle. And, um, you know, back then I was watching Jack Foster and, and and not saying like he's the best player, but I saw his passion, his energy, his talking to himself. And I literally was like, I was like, I was like, Julian can do this. Like, I think, I think he can do, you know, be this entertaining. And um, obviously he's, he's a lot lot more entertaining so uh and i saw that way back when i would go watch some of your tennis matches i i would just i'd never seen him lose like they would have they had our, your matches during school sometimes so it kind of worked out it. nicely for like a little crowd my friends to come watch and yeah oh okay no, no, it's not like there was again when we're talking about watching tennis it was i mean for the cif matches we had probably like a like a couple like maybe 150 to 200 people out there yeah. normal matches would 20, 30, no, yeah, parents, normal matches like 30, couple, 30, 40. couple friends. Tell um, a story about the banana. Oh, yeah. No, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd go to see this guy play, and I did not grow up playing tennis at all. I just All I knew is if I went to go watch a Julian Arnold uh, tennis match, I was guaranteed to be entertained. I mean, I literally would have some food and just sit there and eat and watch, and Julian would kick the crap out of everybody. But in between timeouts and stuff, even if he was up by a lot, he's yelling at himself. He's like, Julian, Julian, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, has his banana in his hand. He's like eating a banana, starts yelling at his banana. Like, and this is before, <laughs> this is before I like, I every, this before people were filming everything. But I would literally start telling our other friends, I'd be like, hey, like, let's go watch Julian play tennis. Like, not to see tennis. Like, we didn't go there. He's, so a, he's like, an entertainer. Oh, they're like, oh, I don't like tennis. Yeah, I don't like That's tennis. Fine. Do you like a guy going nuts at a banana? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and every, it's not like he was losing. He was, he was winning. And then the funniest thing is, again, I didn't, I only saw, you know, some of your matches. I didn't go travel ever. But 
There's this big dude who was like probably like six three, and his whole game plan was to hit the ball so hard that it bounced, so it would hit the fence, so that you couldn't. He was trying it, and then I mean, you beat him up. But I was just like watching this guy get so frustrated, and you're just yelling at yourself at a banana. Like, just so you guys know, when he's yelling, he's not trying to pull anyone else down. He's just trying to hype himself up. So that's I think from the fans' view. Not everyone sees that. Like he's not yelling at the other player. Like every now and then he gets into a little, little battles. But it's when it's accepted on the other side and they're giving it back. So, uh, yeah, that was enough entertainment for me. To be like, yeah, you know, this guy is he puts on a show, you know. And uh, the best part is when you're watching a live stream and Julian isn't even on the court and you just hear oh, Diamo <laughs> and. That's the only way I keep up because there's no live score updates. And if he's on like court four, I'm sitting there clicking refresh on, you know, pickleball tournaments or whatever. And and then I and I hear an on Diamo and I'm like, okay, we're doing all right. We're we're in this match. If I don't hear an on Diamo, I'm scared to see the score. I'm like, what what happened? What happened? I'm like, okay, there it is. Yeah. But yeah, those, those random on Diamos are pretty freaking funny. What's been your favorite moment so far? I mean, the MLPs have been great. Yeah. Um, I obviously, I obviously really enjoy getting to do this whole thing with Lauren. Makes that makes it, you know, very enjoyable. Um, you know, traveling, playing. It's a tough schedule. It is. Yeah. It's, it'd, it'd be lonely doing it by yourself for sure. It's a lot of travel. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I still think back to like my singles nationals tournament. You know, I think I still think that's the biggest crowd that uh, pickleball is has seen. Like that's a huge stadium, and they filled it. Um, so there's thousands of people watching those matches live, which is exhilarating. Um, so yeah, I mean that that was that was a memorable moment for sure. We'll see how big it is this year. Uh, but last year, you know, pretty much everyone still played it. It was still considered a very, very big tournament. Um, it was at the end of the year, so I just felt like it was like... It put you on the map as a, as, a, as a solid player that wasn't just made it there once or twice. Like, it, it was well-deserved. I just think it was a good... It was good yeah. timing and, like, a good, like, end of the season where it showed, like, the work that I had put in all, all year. Like, I think I obviously was playing more APPs than PPAs. At that point, I, I'd say both tours were comparable um app probably a little bit better on the singles end and or deeper and ppa was just a little bit more top heavy yeah um did you play tyson in that singles national i played him in this ben. i lost it in the sem semis to to ben but then i had to play tyson in the bronze oh. so like tyson won bronze and then i that's that's how like the loser gets bronze and then i went on to play on Sunday against Ben. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was, just a, it was just a good run, and to do it with all the best players in the, in, in singles was, was, was fun. So um, something about playing in California. Yeah, we just left California. I just got back last night, and I was there for 11 days, and I'm like, man, I live in Texas. It's hot. Let's go. <laughs> I'll be inside for a while. Dude, we got spoiled. We were wearing like hoodies out in San Clemente. Well, I heard. I mean, I've heard that the weather in California hasn't been great. It's been, you know, kind of cold and rainy and 
cloudy and yeah. I feel like the two weeks that we were there it was actually pretty nice. Like people were saying like, Oh, this is the nicest it's been in months. So perfect timing for us to be there and usually it doesn't work that way. Usually usually we end up going to a tournament and like maybe it's been slightly rescheduled and it's like like Dallas was so hot and then it's always like somehow rains for like just enough time to delay phone, yeah. and like I don't know. It's crazy. Like sometimes these tournaments it's gotta be pretty tough for the PPA. Like they don't always go smoothly because yeah. of, of the weather. So yeah, Atlanta, it rained a little bit. Like, should start playing. I, I I hope we start playing indoors a little bit more. I like I indoor like with, without with outdoor without. Oh yeah, courts, yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal courts, but just indoors, yeah. just like they do at these lifetimes. Like yeah, like Minnesota too. Like yeah, North and I Carolina. Just, I, I just think for what we're playing with, the ball that we're playing with, it just keeps it more consistent. You know, because if it's a hundred degrees, like it's just ridiculous the ball, or like even. If it gets too windy, like because the ball's so light, it's just it's kind of a joke. Like it's not like tennis where it it's not getting like completely blown around. Like a pickleball could just just get swept off the court. Like let's talk a little bit about Volaire. What kind of plans do you guys have? Ryan, feel free to yeah t- tell us a little bit about that side. I know jo- Julian, I've watched a PB effect. You talked about and some of the other podcasts. You talked a little bit about the origins of Valer and all that. So we don't really need to get into that. But I mean, you guys have a lot of stuff going out, like the Thermoform paddle. And there's obviously the blacked out version. There's a gradient version. Um, there's the design, and you're also working on the stuff with Evan. Um, yeah, and also just Julian himself building his brand. Yeah. So um, right now with Valer, uh, we have our. Our Mach 1 out right now. And so this is right now our only current offering in 14, 16 millimeter. And then coming out uh, July 11th is going to be the Forza. And, um, you know, this with the gradient right here is going to be um, available for sale everywhere. And then this blacked out version is going to be only available at um, Total Pickleball. Um, we um, started with this version, the blacked out version. Um, and then we realized after Julian played Atlanta with it that we only could use about 15% of the photos that we we took just based on the angle and catching oh. the glare the right way. So can't um, see it. Yeah, no, yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. So it was, it. It, was, it was pretty hard. Um, nope. Yep. And for our photography, I was like, man, that is too much additional work to say, hey, that's a great shot. Julian's doing a really cool action shot, and we we don't want to use it because it doesn't show it. So. Um, we had already shot um, some advertisements with Total Pickleball, so we ended up um, making a win-win and doing an exclusive release. So get the blacked-out version, the stealth edition, at uh, Total Pickleball. Um, but yeah, so that's what we have going on so far with our testing. We've had about 30 or 40 of these being um, play-tested um, pretty heavily, and we have not had one official delamination at all. Um when we did have our Julian's paddles tested at MLP, one spot, like they put like pounds of pressure. It is a deflection two, test. Yeah, yeah, they put two two spots right here. I learned all about it. And then also on the other side right here. And on one of the paddles, um, it was like it for the deflection test, it was like close. But as a whole, it was still a completely legal paddle. Um, and that was just after we did the rest of our testing, that was considered a fluke that we had that one spot. So, um, you know, just from the start, that paddle had, you know, one little spot. But our testing's been great. Um, they're super durable. Uh, again, like how I said, 
I am pretty much just holding the paddle out there and, and the paddle does most of it. So for amateurs that either want to hit hard or that are controlled players like myself, um, it is very different to play with. Um, I like it a lot. Um, and then also what we're working on is a different shape. So we're going to have the Mach 1 and these Forza in a, a shorter, wider shape. Um, just different preference. And then with both those shapes, we're also going to be doing fiberglass paddles that are going to be, um, you know, a little more cost friendly. You know, they're going to be either $89 or $99. And, um, you know, it's still going to be a high level pro paddle that has um, rough um, fiberglass. So it has has grit to it um, and they're and they're nice and gritty. And then, um, you know, Julian has it, you know, his name on all these paddles right now is a signature paddle. Um, Evan, who's also known as Fit to Serve, um, he has a signature paddle coming out too. It is awesome. I've shown you the design. Seen the design. It's something that hasn't been done it's different, yet. Yeah. And I say that in a good way because it also looks good. You can do something that's not been done yet and it yeah. look like complete dog, but it's done tastefully. So the designers who worked on it, it's good. And also, I like the, I like the color combination of, of yeah. Evan's paddle a lot. It fits the brand. Yeah. yeah so I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see. Um, that will probably be out in about a month. But so I'd say in about a month, month and a half, we will have a total of six paddles in two different thicknesses. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where we're going to be at um, for the three, near future. Three paddles in two different thicknesses. Well, no, we got we got two different shaped Forzas. We got two different shape this one, and then two fiberglass shape, and then in 14, 16. So we got six. In two sizes. Don't look at me for math. I'm okay. <laughs> okay. One and one. Two. Two. That. This. That and short. Yep. This and short. And this and short. And fiberglass and short. So. so that's, oh, fiberglass and yeah. short. Oh, okay. So we're gonna have six and fourteen and sixteen millimeters. So a total of you know six different paddles. Um. Yeah, and then besides that, we're you know we're just trying to have fun and and do things differently, but also not be too all over the place because yeah. um. You know, I do have a lot of creative balance. ideas and like at the top of my to list, it literally says like, don't start any new projects. Like that's like my number one thing on my to list because we have so many projects already going on. Do you also hear his ideas that he has? He doesn't hear all of them. They're, they're stuff. ridiculous, dude. You gotta, some you, someone's got to keep this dude, keep him honest with that list. Well, well, it's like when we, made, when we made the Andiamo button, I was like, man, I, I like it went back and forth. I was like, I was like, Julian, more intensity, more intensity. And he's like. I don't want to. I don't. I can't just do an Andiamo right now. I was like, yeah. dude, please, so much. And then I think they're good. I think they're, they're I think cool. some people like like the <laughs> the passive one. The Andiamo. Yeah, that one. I was harnessing my Dylan Fraser when I did that. Yeah, that one's kind of funny. I think it's good. I, I think I don't, I don't think it needs. I don't think it needs to be like you know. Yeah, we wanted the speakers to last. I wasn't trying to like. Yeah, so with Evan's paddle, it's gonna have its own push button where Evan says some of his phrases from um his videos it's dope though like you guys also have a gear the uh, paddle bag which yeah i've looked at a lot of other bags i don't know who i don't know if they ever even user test them some of them have the zipper of the paddle facing on the your person's back, back. Yeah. and i'm like what sense does that make doesn't make any and they have like all these like the pockets don't really make sense and the size you're like i, I guess but then like y'all's bag core the main like core pocket, then the two side ones, they're, they're identical, so you can fit a ton of stuff. 
um, also comfortable to wear. And I wore it in Rockwall, which I was like, yeah, it has nice backpack straps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, merch so, looks good. Yeah, and, and I'm wearing one of the Fontiamo shirts right now. I mean, so we have Julian has his own line of um, you know one shirt right now in two different colors, and we have a hat that's pretty cool with Julian's. A brand logo which is this v circle with the uh, joint andiama arnold around it and it's also on the butt cap of all of our paddles so when we first were coming out with the paddles everyone's like this this wasn't made by julian it doesn't have andiama anywhere <laughs> on it and i was like oh well it's hidden in the details so you know later uh actually with this forza let me talk about what it comes with so everyone's going to get a gift box with the Forza, like every single purchase. So our first paddle, which was the Mach 1, we had two different versions. We had just the paddle itself, or you could also get a gift box where it had the push button and, and a Julian autograph thank you card, some wristbands and some balls. But um, I, I just love the unboxing experience. I'm, I'm all about offering more than just a paddle, but like an experience, also entertainment. Um, Dude, the amount of paddles i've gotten that just come an, en an, an envelope yeah. or that uh poppy yeah. plastic thing you're like what kind of but then you like bubble wrap yeah, yeah and bubble wrap and these are expensive paddles i mean like <laughs> so like with this new forza it's me i kind of compare it to like getting a barbie with its accessories like you get your barbie and it has a couple outfits so you know you're gonna get your mach 1 forza <laughs> And then Ryan had Barbies, I guess. I, I played, <laughs> played, before, my, I knew, played before I knew him. He, played, had a lot, he has a lot of sisters. Yeah. Yeah, right. We played Barbies like a couple years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, with, with the Mach 1 uh, Forza, we're going to get, you know, we got this light blue grip, which just offsets just the dark boldness of the colors. And then right here we have a Valer band. But on um, in the kit, you're also going to get an eraser. So everyone's going to get a paddle eraser, which – you know, are, are are definitely really nice for the carbon fiber paddles to, you know, keep your paddle looking nice, but also performance wise, it does take out some of the debris that can lose some of the traction. Um, and then we're gonna have a blacked out backup grip that you can change into a blackout, so you can have the paddle all blacked out. I think it'll look extra cool with the total pickleball version. And then we're gonna have a little Andiamo band right here, so you can also have Andiamo right here, and then also on the butt cap too, um, a couple stickers. And I think, and then a head cover. So I think that's that's what you get with the the Forza, and it's, it's awesome. going to be 179.99, which nice. compared to you know other top paddles in the market, um, definitely competitive on um, pricing. And um, again, with our testing, we've had zero official delaminations, and I mean we have pros hitting these paddles. So it's uh, I'd say our testing has been going really good. Um, we definitely could have released earlier, but I did not want to be a part of the headache of delamination. And, and and at the time, if we would have released right when we first started testing, we would have dealt with a lot of headaches. And I'm, I'm really happy to avoid that and uh, put out a product that's hopefully going to be enjoyed by all and, and not really have too many issues for us to deal with on the back end. I'm glad you made the point about the delamination because, like, when I put that review out, people were like, oh, why don't you talk about, like, power, spin, and control? I'm like, yeah. a lot of that is just very subjective, right? Like, you can look at a paddle company's website, like, the this ranks 94 out of – you're like, out of what? Yeah. And then I'm like, what people should really be looking at is warranty, delamination history, and I forgot the other uh, factor, but I was like – because there are a lot of these thermoform paddles are coming out with – tons of delamination problems and, and and it's a it's a headache because like even if you 
enjoyed the paddle before it delaminated. You have to deal with customer service. You may not have a pickleball paddle for yeah. three days a week, you know, maybe even longer if if the customer service is backed up, which yeah. I've heard about from some of the top companies. And, um, you know, by then, myself as a consumer, I'm already buying another pickleball paddle yeah, because I just want to keep playing. And I a mean, lot that's... of people don't have the luxury to have more than one paddle yeah. or to be able to buy another one. So they have to wait and they're yeah. like sitting out of pickleball for like three weeks or whatever. So that's definitely a problem. Yeah. And, and, and you know, with Valer, um, you know, I, I've been dealing with the customer service myself. I've been responding to every single email. Um, you know, it's, it's not Julian. No. Um, people write him the thank you letters. <laughs> um, <laughs> wait, is there a Julian trading card? They're coming soon. Julian um, does have some trading cards coming out with Leaf. Um, we're really excited to sign with them. Um, but I'm not sure if it's going to come out as an individual card, kind of like the other ones have, or if they're going to wait for the packs and box set to come out, because I know that's coming soon. Um, but yeah, as of now, we don't really have a, a date for when the first card uh, is coming out, but we've, we've definitely signed some. So that that's really exciting, too. Who's been like the most influential person in your life? Oh, um, I mean, definitely my mom. Just always been around for me. Um, I'd have to say my tennis coach growing up, um, Hugh. Um, you know, he taught me taught me how to play tennis. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't wouldn't be the pickleball player I, I am. Um. And, you know, not only did he teach me, but he taught me for free since the age of seven. So, um, Much I could, appreciate it. yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't have been luckier to have him in my life. Um, an amazing coach, uh, collegiate coach, um, worked with names like Sampras and Chang when they were younger on, uh, the U.S. junior, junior team. So, uh, you know, he's been around tennis for for a very very long time um so you know those are just a few of uh of the people that helped me get to where i am you know there's a, there's many names uh of people in san Luis obispo that have helped me in some way whether it's just being a training partner a mentor so um shout out to my mom for helping she's uh the travel planner oh okay. travel travel planner for uh for Julian and, and and collaborates with Lauren on some of the travel plans and, and then also helps on some Valer um, projects um, such as like, you know, paying the pros, um, you know, after each tournament and, and just, you know, making sure that the, you know, certain things are always on time because like as a business, I'm focused on so many things. The last thing I want to do is like not pay a pro on time like that to me just sounds awful. Like, yeah. You know, just making sure that relationship between the company and the the sponsored players is enjoyable and 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 not um, yeah, a tough experience. You know, because in the pickleball world, um, when I was helping manage and sponsor Julian before Valere, you know, we definitely had our own experiences with other companies that we did not feel, uh, I'd say, really that important at times, which is kind of frustrating. Um, when you're trying to, you know, collaborate with companies that you like their product or that you want to, um, work with, yeah, you know, so yeah. So I'd say that's something, you know, we kind of have like a, you know, we have a small team, but we have, you know, my, my family involved, uh, 
a shout out to our designers. A lot of our designers um, worked at Bumble previously and, and um, are just extremely creative and uh, can really translate some of the ideas that I do have. Um, and then, you know, Julian has and just like put it into art um, on a paddle. Easy. Yeah. yeah, and I, I love art, so like I have my own ideas, and like, let's just say if if like there was a point where Julian and I we made our own logo, and we we're like, this is it, and I'm so glad we did not release it. Like it was a mix between a Titleist logo and then like Air from Nike Air, and like we both thought it was cool, but then we got some feedback from some family and friends, and they're like, you guys might want to do another revision, and I was like, oh okay, we're gonna pretty common understanding that we're not going to be the lead designers of Valer, but uh you know allow our ideas to be translated through really good designers shout out mama cohen um yeah. shout out to coaches i think coaches i was fortunate enough to have that experience of receiving a coach that was had my best interest in mind but i think the new generation now you're seeing it's just evident that a lot of them are moving towards phones, social media, less on sports, also because of like concussions and injuries. And there's just kind of like that fear-based um, like mindset going into sports. And I think coaches are so overlooked for the job that they do and like the influence they have on the development of a child. It's like very unfortunate that there aren't m more coaches, but um, yeah, when you talked about a coach, I know I can resonate with that 100%. They, they're so instrumental in forming how you see the world and who you become as an adult. And to say that that person didn't take money for seven years or up until you were like seven years old. No, no, they, from the age of seven. From the age of seven. Yeah. Seven until I was graduated yeah, high school. Yeah, so. okay, so even longer. Many coaches do it selflessly. They just have the best interest of that child's development in mind which is awesome yeah they did research yeah. that it turns out after all that your parents aren't the biggest influence of the development of a child it's actually the coaches and the peers around that child like their friends and yeah. their coaches who have the largest influence on their development this is awesome this is my first in person i think this is my first in person i've been wanting to do in person for a while but also because it's been great because i watched you from very early on as far as pickleball and I was I've like, known, I've, I've met Brian on the pickleball courts before, before we started Blair, our projects, before building pickleball. Yeah, Julian, I think had just been playing a little bit of pro, and I and I I told Brian like way back in the day, I was like, I was like, Julian's gonna be one of the best players in all of pickleball. Yeah, and you and, just called it. It's like he's not yeah. gonna be a flash in the pan. Yeah, and it was just like what we were talking about before. Like if you had one MLP Mesa, it's great, yeah. right? But a true champion and true like, uh, I don't. A person who has a very significant impact on a sport can do it multiple times. If you can do it multiple times, that's when you know you have uh, what you've done is truly special. Um, so it's great to see and congratulations on the win and appreciate you guys letting me be a part of that. Like I went to the team dinner and everything and just being behind the scenes. I know it's not easy to have a film guy and um, someone that you don't have haven't had developed trust with. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys taking the time to come on this podcast. It's like probably one of my longest ones as well. But, uh, yeah, if you guys have any last things you want to say before we uh, cut it off. Thank you for all the support um, for Valer. Thank you for all the support for Julian. Um, I, I mean, as a fan, I, I know that, like, you know, pickleball is 
very addicting and it's something that became a part of my life and um, just everyone else in the pickleball space are awesome people and to get to collaborate with people that I know I would have never met on the basketball court it's it's really cool um, I mean over half my friends are all from pickleball um, you're probably easily the same or more you know, echoing the same thing that Ryan said you know thanks thanks everyone out there that supports us it's you know it's great to have fans um, you know thanks Ryan thanks to my girlfriend Lauren um, you know everyone back in slow that supports us my my mom Jim his Ryan's parents um, you know he told me that Leonard had his dad had uh, his restaurant packed watching the whole MLP thing so that that's pretty cool you know Leonard and I go go pretty far back to play used to play golf pretty much weekly together so um, as his golfing son I'm not I hate golf, so it. My dad's like, I'm just gonna take Julian out whenever he wants, and Julian's happy. He's like, oh, I'm gonna play some nice courses. Yeah, you know? no. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish I could play a little bit more golf. I'll have to bring my clubs back to next time and slow. But uh, yeah, you know, everyone that's everyone that's been watching the journey, you know, I you know appreciate the support and the and the texts I get. So and the haters, you know, got gotta have the haters too. Yeah, the, no, to, mot- to motivate. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, for all the haters, you know. We're gonna just keep doing what we're doing, and uh, you know we're we're listening, but we're just not gonna change. We're gonna have fun with what we're doing, and and Valer, um, yeah, Valer's just. I don't, we're just if, I don't know if Valer has haters. I I, no. get, I get the haters. No, Julian, Julian Rhombus. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> now, what is this Rhombus? This, this company keeps saying that we copied them. I had never heard of you until we were being. Isn't that a, to your isn't pals. that a square? It's a slanted square. It's not. It's not it's a rhombus. Shape. That's it's yeah, a slanted actually, square. It's a good point. Diamond. It's all good. It's all good. You know, they don't have that two hundred forty thousand dollars MLP check. No, no, they don't. <laughs> but uh, we have it in our office, so we're pretty happy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, pickleball is uh, still growing, and uh, we're gonna keep having fun. Julian's gonna keep winning. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and we're playing with Riley. <laughs> <laughs> For at least one tournament. And right there. <laughs> at least Dude, one. that's going to be f- I don't awesome. know when this comes out, so it doesn't matter. It's already, Probably in like a week. It's I have already, f- ready, but I'm going to put this out before because... The Riley thing's already posted on the two tournaments away, so Dude. it's not it's not hitting information. Dude, the Riley is going to be...